And also want to had one more thing I wanted to announce. Bring it to my mind, Lord. Conference. Oh, we don't forget to look at your calendars. We've got a lot of events coming up. Baptism this next Sunday at six, at five o'clock. We'll start the new beginners class. Amen. For a lot of new converts that we've got, and learn about the basics of the Word of God. So that'll be start. Oh, that's what it was. Don't forget that Jeff made uh, uh, CDs with the exposing the enemy. Uh, series. All the messages are on there, including the last one with the power of the cross ending it. Here's a real cool thing. If you want this, if you wanted it already, that's good. But if you want it and give the $10, that's $10 is going towards the speakers. So you'll be putting it towards the speakers and getting something out of it, okay? So he'll burn it for you. Just let him know. And uh, who wants to buy this one right now? Anybody want to buy this one right now? All right. That's fine. You, we, we trust you. Amen. <laughs> All right, so let Jeff know, and he will get you one. This morning, as we were reading the scriptures, I was talking about being a light, amen, of, the, of this world. And, and one of the verses we read there was about uh, not loving this world. And we talked about how dark it is right now. We read out of Isaiah where good is being called evil and evil is being called good and that's the world we live in. I want to go back to 1 John chapter 2 tonight, if you would. Scott, I still need to talk to you about your Bible, man, please. Because we've been going to 1 John a lot, and it's not getting any closer to coming back into my Bible. <laughs> it's getting looser. Amen. Here's my 1 John chapter 2, if you didn't know. So I need a Bible heal, healing. 1 John chapter 2. Give me a big amen when you get there. Good to see you back tonight. Amen. This is a good-looking Sunday night crowd. Amen. Aren't you glad you're in church? 1 John chapter 2, 15. I read this this morning, but I want to reread it again. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So how many see tonight that you can't do both? You can't love God and love the world. He's saying, if you love the world, you love the world. If you love me, you love me. And that kind of goes through life, period, right? We're supposed to be one or the other. We're committed or we're not. And he's saying, he, what he's basically saying, and this is what we've got to understand about God, is God is saying, if you want the world, you can have it. We have free will. You choose. You know, if you want the world, have the world and love the world. He basically says that. Go ahead and love it. But if you're going to love me, love me. Amen? And not the world. And so he says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Did you see that last little part of that verse right there? Who, who's going to abide? Now, we know we're all going to live forever. Okay? We're all going to live forever, but who is going to abide forever in heaven? Who, who, who is the Bible saying here is going to abide forever? Everybody? Who? Those who abide. Those who stay the course. Those who stay in the light. Okay? And so that's very important. He who does the will of God. That means a course of action is, is needed by us. We have to walk in the will of God. Okay? God has already done his part, and now we do our part by walking in his will, doing what pleases him, loving him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. Now go to Matthew chapter 25, and I want to read a, a, a parable that many of you know about, and I want to kind of go off of what I was talking about this morning, tie it in, Matthew chapter 25. And I want to read about the parable of the ten virgins. And give me a shout when you get there so I can start reading. Matthew chapter 25. Again, we encourage you to look at that Bible, get that Bible open, watch, the, look at the scriptures, underline, highlight, take notes. Amen. This is, this is how we learn what we believe. Amen. If we, don't, if we don't understand what we believe, we'll fall for anything. Amen. So here's, here's this parable. Verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins. Now, I'm going to stop again real quick, okay, if I kind of break this down. 
then the kingdom of heaven shall be. Okay? When Jesus says the kingdom of heaven, he's talking, it's pretty easy to understand, he's talking about heaven. Okay? There's heaven and there's hell. Right? Does everybody under, believe that? We, we, we're, we're, we do understand there are two places our souls go. Okay? Just making sure we're all on the same page. When a soul dies, it goes to heaven or it goes to hell. There's no purgatory. There's no uh, reincarnation. There's no other. That, that's none of that scriptural. The Bible says it is appointed under man once to die, then comes judgment. That judgment will be obviously for uh, standing before God as a savior or be standing before God as a sinner. Okay, period. And so he here is, and Jesus was always talking about such is the kingdom of God. Such is the kingdom of heaven, okay? And many times Jesus talked about how was the, the, the kingdom of darkness, okay? So he talked about the kingdom of darkness, and he talked about the kingdom of heaven, and what is he talking about right here? The kingdom of heaven. So when he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, he's talking to believers, He's talking to the church. And, and, there, and he's talking to people who understand the gospel, okay? So he says, The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps, we talked about the light this morning, and went out to meet the bridegroom. So tonight, if we've accepted Christ in our life, we have a lamp. Everybody understand that? We have a lamp. This little light of mine, amen? We have a lamp. There's a lamp that's been placed in us that we did not have before Jesus because before Jesus, where were we? In darkness. Now we're in light, and we've been given a light. But we have a responsibility, and this is very important to understand, we now have a responsibility to keep the light shining. Okay? To keep that light. Peter talked about, I stir up the gift that's in me. And we have to personally make sure that nothing blows our lamp out. Now, obviously, when this was written back when it was written, they didn't have electricity. So it was candles. And, and, and they had to be careful to not let the candle blow out. Amen? And that's why they talked about putting a lamp stand on it, because it was keeping the, the, the fire on. Amen? But we understand that today we have a lamp. And so he's saying that these ten virgins had lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. They have to, these 10 people have to be believers because they have a lamp. It doesn't say that five virgins had a lamp and five didn't. It said they all had lamps, which means they were all believers, okay, in this parable that he's giving. All people who were in at, one, at that moment in good standing with God and, and ready to meet the bridegroom. Now watch what it says in verse 2. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. And what are the foolish? Those who were foolish took their lamps, but took no oil with them. So they had their lamps, and they're going through life, and they're waiting for the bridegroom, but they don't take any extra oil. So when that oil gets, runs out, they keep the oil going. So that when Jesus comes back, when the bridegroom comes back, my lamp's on. Remember we talked this morning about being light in the darkness. When Jesus Christ comes back, he's going to be looking for lamps. He's going to be looking for those believers whose lamps are on. When, when, when the death angel passed through in the book of Exodus, he was looking for the houses on the doorposts that had the blood. The blood was applied. And when Jesus comes back, the scriptures tell us that he's going to come back for a church that's without spot or wrinkle. And, and what we need to be is a person and a believer who is looking for his return and walking in a way that when he comes back, our lamps are on. And what that means is, here's a good example, church. Whenever you've gone to a house, it may be late at night. If the lights are on inside, that means maybe they're awake, right? And they, and, but the dark, if the lights are off, it's lights out, don't bother me. But there's something about seeing a light that's inviting, it means that something's going on there, that there's some life there. When Jesus comes back, he's looking for us believers to have our lamps on. Saying, I'm here, Jesus, I'm ready, amen, spiritually. We've been given the lamp, but God wants us to keep oil in the lamp. And so then he says, those who were foolish took their lamps, took no oil with them. Verse 4, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. 
You can relate that to your salvation that with that, that, that the, the lamps that had the oil were people who were, who were walking in good standing and were doing good works. Not to get the lampstand, to keep the lampstand burning. Are you with me? We know tonight, this is important, we didn't do anything to get the lampstand. The lampstand was a gift. But our responsibility is to keep the oil in the lamp and keep it burning. And he says the wise people take that lamp and they keep the oil in it. And they're doing good works and they're walking in righteousness and they're looking for the return of the Lord. And they're doing what God asks to do. They're walking in obedience. They love the Lord. That's that spirit inside of them that, that loves God. The foolish ones were just good and happy with just getting the lamp. And thought, well, I got my lamp. Lots of Christians think, I got my ticket. I'm good. We need to affect people. We need to affect the lost. We need to affect other people. This, I'm not going to go into all these scriptures because that's a whole other thing, but there's so many that there's very, God is very clear in his scripture that we must multiply ourselves. We must what? Bear fruit. Okay? If you're going out, I know people right now, it's the spring, and people are gardening, people are putting flowers in, people are doing different things. If you see something that's not bearing fruit, the way to, you know, to fix it is to prune it. But if you see something that's dead, you're not going to leave it there in your yard. You're going to get rid of it. You're going to uproot it, and you're going to put something else new in. God is looking for us as believers to be bearing fruit. Amen? There's going to be some seasons that's going to be less than others, but he's looking at the intents of the heart. He's looking at the desires of our hearts. Verse 5, but while the bridegroom was delayed, and that's where we're at right now, that is where we are today, 2013, April 7th, right now, 6.45 at night. Jesus is delayed. He could have came yesterday. He could come tomorrow. Could have came last week. He's delayed. That's where this parable is right now. Are you amazed as I am that we're living in this parable right now? Right now we're living in this parable. And he says, but while the groom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. And the foolish, sorry, and, but the wise answered saying, no, lest there should be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And look what it says in verse 10. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were what? Ready. Those who were ready. Okay? God is looking for us to be ready. Be ready. And he says, those who were ready... Verse 10, went in with him to what? To the wedding. And the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open up to us. Who came to the door? Look at the verse. What does it say? Who came to the door? Who? Virgins of the ten that had lampposts, who came to the door, they said, let us in. But he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Then he says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day or the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Amen? Now go to verse, sorry, back, to, I should have held, had you hold your spot. Go back to 1 John again. 1 John chapter 1. We were in 2, right? All right. First John chapter 1. How many got your lamps? How many got oil? How many going to keep oil in your lamps? Every day. Every hour. Every week. First John chapter 1. Say amen when you're there. This then is the message which we've heard from him and declare to you all that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. 
I read this this morning, but I'm going to finish up. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not what? Practice the truth. Look at verse 6, church. He says, if we say, underline that if you've got a pen. That's talking the salvation walk. It's easy to talk the salvation walk. It's another one to live it. He's saying here, if we say that we have fellowship with him. So lots of people are going around today saying they love God. Lots of people are going around saying they, they're Christians. Lots of people have a, a word understanding and a talk of Jesus Christ. But the Bible says if their walk is not the same thing, then he doesn't know them. Are you reading the same scriptures I am? This is, this is English. It says, and we walk in darkness if we say that we have fellowship, but don't practice the truth that means put action to our faith that means not just say i love the lord but show the lord that i love him and 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 in everything i do and that's that that separation part where i'm i'm saying no i'm not going to do those things i am not going to practice those things i love jesus more than i love this world now watch this get your pens ready Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Now, I want you to underline the word if, right there in your Bibles. Verse 9, you've heard this, I said it this morning, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Stop there for a second and take the if part and think about it. What is the, what's the definition of if? The definition of if says conditional clause. Conditional clause. So if you read that verse, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What if I don't confess my sins? What if the if gets taken out? What if I don't? He's saying that there's forgiveness for me and there's cleansing for me. What? If. It, it wasn't that when I got saved and I accepted the Lord and I know that his blood was shed for those sins that I'm doing, but the clause is that I must confess them. If I just think, well, I just said a prayer once, that's like we've joked about a whole bunch of times, you know, that whole joke about the marriage thing. I told you, honey, when we got married, I loved you. If anything changes, then I'll let you know. You can't have that attitude with God. It's not a one-time prayer. It's a walk. I'd like to see how that worked work with, our, with my marriage. If I told my wife once I loved her, if I told my wife once she was pretty, if I told my wife all these things once, in the last 19 years I just went off that one word but didn't have any actions towards her, I don't think we'd still be married. A marriage lasts because you work at it. Go back to your marriage vows. Did you know that saying, listen, I want you to get this. I thought about this this week. Did you know that saying I do is easy? Come on. It's easy to say I do. You're standing there with the pastor. You're getting married. You say the vows. I pledge till death do us part for better, for worse, and rich, for, for richer, for poor, and sickness and in health. You say all those words. How many people, and listen, this is not to anybody that's gotten divorced. Please don't think I'm, I'm going that way, please. But people get divorced, right? Those words, they changed. And I'm not saying there's not reasons for it. But relate that to your walk with the Lord. It was easy to say a prayer. And I confess you, Jesus, and I love you, Jesus, and I accept you, Jesus. But when you said those vows to your wife or your husband, that started the marriage. And now I have to work on my marriage. And if I don't work on my marriage, I'm not going to stay married. Marriage, anybody in here will be honest and say marriage is work to have a good one. It's work. It's sacrifice, it's unselfishness, it's dying to the other person. And Jesus is saying, hey, you're married to me. That, that one prayer, I, I need it every day. I've got forgiveness for your sins, but when you mess up, I need you to confess it to me. Are you reading the scriptures I'm reading? If, 
He didn't say if you feel like it or when. He says if you confess. In verse 8, he says if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Okay? Go on with me. Verse 10. Here's another if. Three verses in a row with an if. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. You know what our call is tonight, church, in this world that we live in? I'm going to read it. You don't have to go to it for time. Philippians 2.15 says that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation amongst whom you shine as lights in the world. Amen? How many know shining is not, it, it takes work? Right? It takes work. To stay shiny, to stay happy, to stay in love with the Lord, it takes work. He, he never stops loving us. We, we can stop loving him, though. Get mad, get angry, get sad, get, get, get separated, get frustrated, get out of fellowship. All these things happen. His love never changes, but ours does. We're fickle. We go by feelings. When everything's good, we are just Oh, we feel his presence and he's so wonderful. When everything's bad, we doubt, we wonder, we get angry. We're, we're the human beings. But his love is never changing. But we are fickle. And we can become a foolish virgin. Why are we a virgin? Because when we got saved, the blood of Jesus set us free, saved us, healed us, forgave us, and washed us clean. Amen. But now he's saying, be a wise virgin and not a foolish one. Be watching for my return. Live your life every day like it's your last. Not like I got all the time in the world. Now I'm going to ask you a question. I want everybody to be honest in here tonight. This is Sunday night. I want a raise of hands if you know who Demas is. Raise your hand if you've heard the name Demas or you know who he is. Okay. Okay, let me ask that again. You know who Demas is. Raise your hand. Not just heard the name. Very few. I like that. It means I can give you something new. If you're taking notes, write down a costly love affair. A costly love affair. And if you've got your Bibles open, let's go to something real quick. 2 Timothy chapter 4. We shouldn't be too far from there. Going back towards the Old Testament. 2 Timothy chapter 4. You there? I'm going to show you who Demas is. 10. For Demas has forsaken me. And watch what he says. Having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you for he's used me for ministry. So Paul mentions some names. It's interesting that a lot of times in the church world today, we're a lot more careful, it's okay, than they were back in the Bible. They called things as they were in the Bible. And, and this man, Demas, is in just like Judas, is forever famous, amen, for being the man who left Paul. But I want you to see something. We read in 1 John this morning, and what was the verse telling us? And we just started with it. He said, do not love this world. And I forgot to give you a title tonight. That's the title. Don't love this world. So we see this verse, and it's exciting to me to know that the majority of you here don't know who Demas is. Because I want to show you something out of this. Notice that he says in these verses to, the, the, to us... He's talking about Demas, he's talking about Crescens, and he's talking about Titus and Luke, right? Four men. 
and he's telling where they went. And so Luke was with him. Crescens went on to Galatia, and Titus went to Dalmatia. They were always going and preaching and going and advancing and doing the ministry. And so he's telling where they're all going. But when he says Demas, how many know that he could have just very easily just let Demas go, forget about it, not mention him, they just disappear? But he mentioned him. And he didn't just say Demas' name. He said, Demas has left me and the gospel because he loves this world. He departed from the faith. And you never hear Demas' name mentioned again. Okay? But I want to show you something. Now I want you uh, to go back to the book of Colossians, chapter 4. That's going more towards the Old Testament. Can I read it? Say, hold on. All right. Colossians chapter 4. Tell your neighbor there, don't love this world. Amen. Ain't nothing in this world for you. You came out of this world. Came out of the darkness. You there? Now we see in Colossians chapter 4, verse 14, Luke, the beloved physician, and who? Demas, what? Greet you. So he's talking about Demas again. This time he's talking about Demas as somebody who's in good standing. He's in good standing. Luke and Demas greet you. Are you with me? Trying to take this slow. He's in good standing with Paul, who's the apostle who's writing the Bible. Now go over to Philemon. I should have had you go there first. That's a very small chapter. If you can find Titus, you will. But go past Timothy, where we were in the beginning. Go to Titus and then Philemon. Tell me amen when you get there. It's just one chapter. Verse 24. Let's go to verse 23. Ephesus, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you. As do who? Mark, Aristarchus, Aristarchus, I'm butchering that name. Who? Demas, Luke, my what? Fellow laborers. How many saw what I just showed you? In the book of Colossians and in the book of Philemon, Demas was in good standing. He was a fellow laborer. How many know he knew the truth? He couldn't have been preaching the gospel if he wasn't knowing the truth. He was in the word. He was, he was a man who had his lamp. But we read later, and just for those of you that are going, wait, I'm looking at this thing, and Philemon and Colossians are looking at the order. Second Timothy was last. Philemon and Colossians were written in 60 and 61 A.D. Okay. 60 and 61 A.D. Second Timothy was written in 67. Last. So when he was in bad standing, it was, the, it was written after Philemon and Colossians. So I'm trying to show you tonight that we have got to walk in a way that's worthy. Because if we don't, we can, we can walk out of good standing with God. Is it, is it clear tonight that we see that Demas has left and departed the faith? And Paul's very clear about it. And we never hear his name mentioned again. We don't know why he fell out from the faith. We don't know what exactly happened. We don't know where he went. All we know is that it was serious enough for Paul to say he has departed the faith because he loved this world. Amen? Why are y'all so quiet? All right. Costly love affair. Why did this cost so much? Why, why is this so bad? Besides the fact that, it, that we're seeing he has walked away from his walk with God, which is the worst, we see that when we walk away from the Lord and we begin to go back to the world, there's a repercussion that happens. People don't realize that. People don't understand that. Say hi to the president for me. We don't understand what, what happens when, when, I, when I walk away from my faith. I have people watching me. You have people watching you. And we think, well, I'm just going to let go of my faith and I'm just going to go back quietly to the world. And we don't understand that people are affected. 
by our walking away from the Lord. By, 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 our, by our, our, our walk, our talk, our actions. Uh, oh, you know, I, it's my affair. I messed up. It's, but you affect lots of people around you. And by, by Demas walking out of the good standing with the Lord, he snuffed out his lampstand. Which means, if we understand the scriptures and all the things we're always talking about in the scriptures, my lampstand is given to me not only for me to be saved, but for others to know Jesus through me. Other people are going to know that God has set me on a path for heaven by salvation. And along that path, it's not me just hopping and skipping and being joyful to get to heaven. I have to affect people's lives in a godly way. <clears throat> so if on my path, I turn off, I quit, I walk away. Notice I'm showing you that God in never in any moment has walked away from us. We walk out of the standing with God. God is, is always there. We walk away. When I get off my path and I go off and I leave the, the straight and narrow, there are a whole lot of people down that straight and narrow that I'm walking on that are in the world that I need to affect that are not going to be affected because I've walked off the path and forsaken and because I love the world. Demas loved the world. How many people did he affect? Obviously, he was a fellow laborer with Paul. He's mentioned two times other than the one we mentioned there. And he says, he greets you, which means he was there. He was involved. He was, he was working. He was serving. I can tell you over 20 years of ministry, I've seen this happen many, many, many times. Many Demases. Many. That were right, right here by my side laboring with me in the gospel. And today they're not by my side. I don't know where they're at. I don't know where everybody's at. I know where some of them are at. I know some of them have gone back to the world. They've had affairs. They've gotten divorced. They've done all kinds of things. It's not nothing new. But what God is telling us is, hey, keep the oil in your lampstand. Because you've got to affect somebody. Your life needs to affect somebody. I, I, had this, I found this flashlight when I was cleaning out the closet. And, and it's an LED, Chris. That's good, huh? You know, LED is the bomb nowadays. You can choose halogen or LED. And I was trying to clean the closet out over there, and I was like, oh, cool, a flashlight. So I grabbed it, and I hit the button, and nothing came out. Tell me what good this flashlight is without power. It's worthless. Looks good. It's pretty nice. Pretty cool-looking flashlight. But guess what? It needs a cord. It's not battery-operated. And it doesn't matter how many times I push this button or how good this flashlight is or how much it costs. If it's not connected to the power source, it's worthless. That's us. We're worthless if we're not connected to God. If we're not walking in his light, if we're not walking full of his Holy Spirit, if we're not walking how he asks us to walk, we're just a lamp or a flashlight with no power. And we're worthless. Amen. If the lights went off again like I did this morning and I tried to turn it on so we could see some light, my lampstand would do nothing. And guess what? I know that today, this, just go with me, okay? I know today we could go find this. Chris could find it for me, I'm sure. Paul Platt could find it for me. We could find a power source. But let's just say it didn't exist. Let's just say there was just one. What good is this? What good is it? It's worthless. I don't want to be a worthless Christian. I want my light to shine. Amen? James 4, 4 says that friendship with this world is enmity with God. He says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You know, you know a lot of people will tell you, oh, he's talking to the world. No, he's not. He's talking to the church because if you're an enemy of God, you, you can't be an enemy of God if you're not the church because you're already an enemy of God if you don't know Jesus. Once you get saved, you become on God's side. The world's already against the devil, against God. They're lost. They've rejected Jesus. Remember we talked about this last week. There's only two types of people in the world, believers and unbelievers. Those who accept Christ and those who reject Christ. They can label them in 50 million religions if they want, but there's only two people in the world, 
You're only one of two people tonight, a believer or an unbeliever. But if you're a believer, you need to keep the oil in your lampstand tonight. You need to walk according to his call. You need to walk according to the love of the Lord. Because what we say is, well, that's Demas. That would never do that. Well, I don't think Demas planned on it. I don't think Demas said, you know what? I think I'm going to hang out with Paul for a while. I'm going to do this gospel thing for a while. And then later down the road, I'm going to check out. I don't think he planned that. But we see people all the time. I had a person text me this week who began to come to the church church for a little while and straight up told me, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm back in the world. I, I, I said, yeah, you haven't been at church. What do you expect? Seriously. And, and, and it can start in all kinds of different ways. And I, my schedule gets busy, and they schedule me here, and I work, and, you know, hey, that's what we talked about with the exposing the enemy. All the, he's the devil's sly. Just slowly, slowly, slowly creep in, get you busy. You may not do, be doing anything really bad, but you're not coming to church, you're not getting fed, you're not in fellowship, you're not reading the Bible, you're not praying. You're getting weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. It happens fast and slow all at the same time. Demas robbed the world, listen to this, of the flavor of righteousness. Oh, this is good. Listen to this. Demas robbed the world of the flavor of righteousness that had been imparted to him by, of godly living. Did you know that this morning when we read that verse about being a lamp, verse 13 says we are the salt of the world. If the salt loses its flavor, it's worthless. So he, when Demas turned his back on the walk, he robbed the world of his part of the flavor that God put him in this world to be. He robbed the world. And he snuffed out, I said it a second ago, I got ahead of myself, his personal lamp and his personal effect on the gospel. And not only did he affect those that were down the path that he would have reached by continuing and enduring, as the Bible says, he who endures till the end shall be saved. Not only did he affect those people that he was going to affect, those that he had touched behind were now affected. Because don't think that, boy, there's one thing that travels faster than the speed of light, it's talk. Right? Don't think that the word didn't go all over the place. Hey, you guys remember that guy, Demas? Remember how good he preached? Remember when he came here? Remember all those things he did? You remember, you remember, you remember, you remember? Well, he's not in the faith anymore. I guarantee you that spread a lot faster than any word he ever said about God. Come on. He was snuffed out. And all those people that he had affected, he might not have caused everybody to turn and follow him, but he caused a whole lot of people to stop and think. And here's the funny thing. A lot of times when that happens, the people think, hmm, I wonder what Paul did. That went over some of y'all's heads. I wonder what Paul must have done. Paul must have done something to cause Demas to walk away. It's always, it's always the church's fault. It's always the pastor's fault. It's always the brother's fault. It's always somebody's fault. It's never our own. You know, people are talking about that. I wonder what he did to him. He must have said something mean to him or something. Amen? Come on. He chose to walk away. He's, he, and Paul was very clear. He loved this world. He, he didn't just say he's not with us anymore. Are you getting that? He said he loved this world. Here's another thing to write down. Someone has said every Demas who leaves the truth, listen, makes it a little more difficult for some Cornelius to come along and for some Timothy to be taught. You might not know who Cornelius and Timothy are, but I'll tell you later. Cornelius was a mighty man of God in the book of Acts, chapter 10. Timothy wrote First and Second Timothy. He was Paul's disciple, called him son. So whenever that happens in the gospel, whenever somebody makes a bad choice, whenever somebody does something, it's a ripple effect. And the sad thing about the things of God is the bad always goes faster than the good. Amen? Always. So I want you to think tonight about your walk with the Lord. 
And I want you to be careful and say, God, don't let me have a Demas spirit. God, don't let in any way me ever come to a place where I love this world more than I love you. Don't ever let anything become an idol in my life. It's okay to like things. It's okay to have fun. It's okay to enjoy life. But make sure you're not building idols in your life. Jesus first. God first. Church, I know I understand life. I, under, I live in it just like you. I understand all the things we face. But so many times the hardest thing about being a pastor is hearing the decisions people are making and not being able to just strangle them. Say, don't do that. And you're sitting, they're sitting there telling you and you're going, oh, okay, all right. What can you do? What can you do? We're gonna, people are going to do what people do. Don't be that person. Don't be a Demas. Be a Luke. Be a Titus. Be a Philemon. Think about it. We could have been reading tonight from the book of Demas. I don't know if you got that. See, Luke had his own book. Titus had his own book. Help me. Philemon had his own book. What if Demas was supposed to have his own book, but he chose not to follow God anymore? And instead of having his own book that we read out of and go, man, open your Bibles to the book of Demas. Demas has left this because he loved this world. Amen? Matthew 16, I'm going to end with this. You've read it before. But sometimes you've only read the end verse. How many have heard the verse? For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? How many have heard that verse? But 24 and 25 of that same chapter says this. See, as you're getting there, a lot of times when we hear certain verses, we're, we're trained to think a certain way. Sometimes just by the world, just by life. And so we, I, I remember even when I began to really study the scriptures and I'd hear that verse, I kind of always put that, that, that scripture towards a person who was just choosing um, the world over God and had never really, really given his life to God. That's, that's kind of the way my mind went. But see, we can't take a verse and just read it without reading the verses around it. Because we can be clear and sure that when Jesus said that, what does it profit a man or a woman to gain the whole world but lose their soul is that he was talking to a person who was a believer. Who at one point in their life had began to make bad choices and began to, as Demas, love the world more than they loved the Lord. Because in verse 24, he says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what is it to profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Musicians, you can come. Every day, church, every day, we need to keep oil in our lampstands. Why do we come to church Sunday night? We're a bunch of fanatics. No, we need oil in our lamps. Why do we come back on Wednesdays? Why do we have so many services? Why do we have so many this? Why do we? Because we need it. We need to stay in fellowship. We need to stay strong. And you know what? You know what the book of Hebrews says? How many have ever heard that verse that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together? Remember that one? Y'all shut me off already? I'm gonna stop I'm just gonna start winking at the musicians. Because this this last little bit's like what did I just say? Because I totally forgot. Thank you. 
Do not forsake the assembly. You've heard that verse, right? It means don't not go to church. But you know what he says at the end of the verse? Especially as time gets closer. Especially as you see the day coming when Jesus is returning. See those, we go, oh, that's 2,000 years ago. But see, the Bible says that the word of God is living. Which means it's just as alive then as it was today, today as it was then. God transcends time. He wrote that for them then, but it was for us today. It's for those in 10 years or 50 or 100 or 5 minutes or whatever, however God long Jesus tarries. It's a living word, sharper than any two-edged sword. And it pierces and it divides bone and marrow, flesh from the spirit. And it says it also searches the, the thoughts of the heart and the mind. And it looks inside deep in there. And he's going, hey, don't be like those foolish. Do you think Jesus was like, you know what? We need one more story. He probably sat down with the disciples and goes, you know what? We need one more story before we finish this book because we need to fill some more space. Let's write a parable of the virgins. You think that's why he wrote it? Come on. There's not one word in the Bible that's wasted. The Bible says line upon line, precept upon precept, every comma, every exclamation point, every word was from God inspired. God inspired. Second Timothy says every word. And it's for us today. And Jesus was saying there was five foolish and there was five wise. And he's shouting out today through his Holy Spirit and using me as a vessel to say, don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. Don't say, well, tomorrow or next week or I'll get it together or I'll, I'll fix those things I need to fix or whatever. Don't do that. Don't be foolish. Because that is what he was showing us in this parable. While Jesus came, those five were not ready. They were not ready. Ready for what? Ready for death? Ready for the return of Jesus? Those are the two things we have to be ready for, church. Do you get that tonight? We have to be ready when we die, and we have to be ready when Jesus comes back. Why would he say ready? Why? Because we have to be ready. Why would he say Demas is left and he loved this world? Because we can. Oh, I'm not Demas. Amen. Don't be Demas. Because, man, you might not write the book of the Bible. Well, you're not going to because that's done. But what does God have planned for you? What does God have planned for you that you're going to miss out on? Because you turned and walked away. And 2 Peter 3.14 says, Beloved, looking forward to these things. What things? The return of Jesus. Heaven eternal life with God listen to what he says be diligent be diligent be diligent to be found by him to be found to be found okay if, if, if you're if you're how many have ever been caught doing something come on just just go with me for a second you know whatever it is you sit up straight you change your posture you Whatever. It doesn't have to be a super bad thing, but you get caught. Maybe you weren't, you know, you're supposed to be studying, you weren't studying. Whatever it was, you were found in a position that that moment you were not supposed to be in. Okay? Well, let's go easy and your hand in the cookie jar. Okay? Don't touch those cookies. And mama walks in and your hand's in the cookie jar. And you pull it out real fast. Right? That there, there's a moment where you're found and there's a walk and there's an attitude and there's a spirit that we must have Friday about 10 o'clock in the morning I don't know if you, y'all heard this I didn't hear about it until today a pastor, very well known pastor not going to say his name if you know who he is and you know the news that's fine, it's not necessary but a very well known pastor on the north side of the United States got a call his son had taken his own life, 27 years old, committed suicide. 
with the gun. He was found. They found his body. And when they found his body, there was a gun, there was blood. He was found. How many are following me? He was found in a position. And it was easy to know what the last thing he did was. I'm not going to go into all the thoughts and all the things around. Does someone go to heaven? Does someone go to hell? I'm not God. But church, I'm not talking about a lie. I'm not talking about, oh, if I, if I had a bad thought and Jesus comes back, I'm going to miss. I'm not saying that. But to, Demas didn't walk away from God overnight. He didn't wake up one morning in good standing and go, you know what? I'm going back. It's not something that happens quickly. You slowly, but the oil doesn't just disappear overnight. It slowly begins to go away until you have no oil left. And when you have no oil, you got to get more. You got to seek the Lord. If not, you're just a light that's worthless. Everywhere in the scriptures, especially the New Testament and especially the words of Jesus, whenever he found something that was not doing what it was supposed to do, you go ahead and show, show me or find me a scripture that's not this way. He did what with it? He cut it off. And he always gave the example. He threw it into the fire. Amen? Do not be that light tonight that's worthless. Do not forsake this amazing salvation that we've been given. How many are thankful tonight that you are saved? I mean, you are so thankful you can't even express it in words. There's no worship song good enough to express the thanksgiving we have. I'm going to spend the rest of my life thanking my Lord, and I'm going to do everything I can to be full of His Holy Spirit and be walking in His ways so that the moment He blows that trumpet, I am not caught by surprise. And I'm not found with my hand in the cookie jar spiritually. I'm not going to be a foolish virgin. Keep that in your mind. Why did he put Demas in there? For an example. Why did he put Ananias and Sapphira in there? For an example. Why did he put Judas in there? We're talking about that today. Why did they put Judas in there? For an example. Judas could have repented. You don't see a repentance of Judas in the Bible. He hung himself. That's a completion. He was found hung on, on, from a tree. All God is looking for is what I said this morning and what I just read tonight with the if. If we confess. Keep your heart right with God tonight. And your lamps will be full of oil. And when you begin to get low, fall to your knees and repent. And say, God, I'm sorry. Fill me back up again. Fill me back up again. And when that world begins to creep in, say, no, I resist you, devil. And the Bible says he'll flee from you. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Father, we thank you for your word.